it's it's not necessarily us in this room, right? It's not you and I, Herb. It's not operations. It, it, the people out in the field, in the shops, the, the ones that are doing the work are the ones who are keeping us safe. Correct. And we thank them for that. Sure do. They deserve a hand. On Track Season 3, Episode 8. I'm Herb. You are Cam Hagar, Safety Director. I sure am. Welcome, Cam. Thanks for having me, Herb. Uh, glad to have you here. We're uh, going to have a safety talk today. on Really more about departmental, what safety means to you and the company and operationally how you fit in, not just a, like a safety topic. Right. We're not just going over, you know, falls or slips, trips right. and all that we're stuff. Gonna, we're we're going to get serious today. But first... We're going to talk about project awards. Then we're going to hit the main topic, which is safety, safety department. We've got some shout outs, uh, about six, eight, ten, something like that, eight or ten. Uh, Price is right, miles and gallons of the 988 that's in the Plymouth Quarry. And we've got a few good guesses there. Awesome. And with that, we're going to move on to the, to the low bids and awards. Uh, yesterday, I believe it was, we were a low bidder on our Bridgeton Water Project. Uh, worth about $650,000, about that amount. And uh, that was an attractive job to us because we're already working in Bridgeton, I believe, on that street. So we didn't want anybody else in the, in the middle of our sandbox. Right. It'll, it'll be. I think it'll be a great addition for uh, Peter Broberg down there. Yep. For a continuation. Uh, we were awarded the Rochester, New Hampshire Waste Management Cell 15A. We were awarded the Old Town, Maine, Casella, Juniper Ridge landfill cell fourteen. Uh, so I think great work on the uh, on the estimators parts here. Yeah, a lot and, of good. And wins. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that that uh, down in the Mid Atlantic in the Virginia office, Justin and Aaron have been hitting it out of the park down there. So we're going to give those guys a hand. So we're going to go on to our topic: safety. Safety. And so the, the conversation here, I'm trying to get everybody better introduced to what safety does in the company and the changes we may think we need to make, uh, additions, subtractions, uh, because you've been doing a lot. You've been managing uh, a number of changes. So, but I'd start with is probably more of a philosophical question is what is safety's role within the operations of um so safety's role i guess in as a department in sergeant's operations um in my mind it it comes down to making working with the operations managers eric doug jim tim sean and uh justin porter and josh shaw as well um and the shop (laughs) Making sure I don't forget anybody. Right. I tend to do that sometimes. Well, sometimes it happens. But and even in the office, for that matter. You know, we don't want people right, slipping on ice or tripping on stairs or whatever. But um, just operations overall, office, field, everybody included. Um, and again, in my mind, it's making sure that every all of our employee owners understand that safety needs to be as equally important as quality and production. Right. It, it, you know, shouldn't be necessarily above or, or, or below production or quality. Everything needs to be right in line. And if everything's... And that's, e- that's like a tripod. 
Without right. three, it doesn't stand up with it, just two legs. Right. It, it might balance for some period, some very short period, but it's not likely going to stand very long. Right. They, they all, in essence, they should be balanced. There shouldn't be more of a, um, you know, w- one shouldn't be stressed more than the other or, or more important, quote unquote. Um, you know, production shouldn't take place of safety. Safety necessarily shouldn't take place of production. They, if we have that mindset where there is equally important and we work together to make sure that we maintain that balance, then that's that's our role, to make sure we have that clarity and that balance between safety quality as well as production. So when you take those three things, to me, that's why a few years ago I stopped talking about productivity and I started talking about execution. Because to me, execution is sits on top of that three-legged stool. You can have productivity without quality. You can have productivity without safety. You can have quality without productivity. You can have right. safety without productivity. Right. And you can have safety without quality. Correct. But if we talk about execution and that we want to drive execution, then that means we want to drive all three of those aspects of execution. Right. And and all of that ties into the routine and structure that we've really been training and harping on the past couple of months as well. So there's a lot of philosophies around operational safety and and a lot of different beliefs. And so what, what this is just a conversation. Yeah. What what do you what what's like one belief around operational safety that you think is is a cardinal belief? For me, it's it's building relationships and and I think I've said that on the podcast and just to many of our employee owners before um, is building relationships and, you know, showing or, or proving to all of our employee owners that I care, we care, right? Because if you don't have relationships with your employees, your coworkers, you know, whatever you want to call it throughout um, the company, then you're not able to make a difference in the safety, the quality production, you in anything, you're not going to have that trust in those relationships to either approach them about a certain situation, coach and train them, and just have, again, the trust and balance to make a difference in that culture and how maybe that employee owner or employee owners view safety. It's hard to have, it's hard to lead someone to a higher calling on anything if you don't have a relationship with them. Exactly. If, if it's just an authoritative get better that that rarely works but but a relationship that that to me uh, underpins confidence and trust in them yep. and and also an aspiration to be better at to be a better be to be a different person maybe than you are today right now that doesn't mean we're bad people no but there's all for me and you there's a new version of us out there waiting Right. And, and one of the things that, you know, building relationships it, it t- and safety ties into it is the, um, the idea or the, or the philosophy of behavior-based safety, where, you know, safety focused on changing behaviors of employees and, the, and their habits and everything. And in order to, you know, have any sort of influence on someone's behavior, you need to have a relationship with them and trust. And because if you don't have that, you're not going to be able to change their behavior. And they've got to trust that what you want is better for them than, than now. Cause if they don't trust that they're, they're, there's no motivation to change the behavior. Exactly. And it, not only a trust, but, um, they have to understand why 
why it's important. You know, why is changing this behavior? Why is this a hazard? Um, not only to me, but maybe to my crew or to the company. How, you know, why is this important and how is it going to affect me? And I guess the 10,000 foot view that, you know, the overall company or overarching goal, right? Um, which ties into the balance between safety, quality, production, the routine and structure, and as well as everything else we've kind of been talking about for all throughout 2021, slow down, communicate, do the right thing. Plan, plan. Get, get the plans right. right, make sure the plan is working. And that when you say slow down, we're slowing down to make sure we've got the elements, the tools that that will enhance our ability to, to achieve the goal and the plan. Right. And I, I guess kind of tying that into first question you know what the safety department's role is in operations it's working with workforce advancement our employee owners the operations managers and just you know every level of the company to give each person the tools and the knowledge to execute safety you just mentioned workforce advancement and operations it's working toward alignment on where we want to be and and what tools are available for us to get there and that alignment is super important. I know you've met with uh, Force Advancement Team yesterday, I believe, and, and you had a conversation with them uh, as you begin to build uh, kind of a bigger theme, a bigger plan uh, to then sit with the ops managers. And we just want to make sure that, that you're speaking the same language that Kevin and Kendall and Pete speak when they go out to the field and that the operations manager speak. So we're all speaking the same language. Right. It, it, we all need to have that balance and understanding it and, and be on the same page from a safety management system standpoint and, and a safety culture standpoint, right? We want to make sure that all of our goals um, for everyone that we've been training and working with and just all of our employee owners in the shops, the field and the office um, that everybody has the same knowledge and understanding of what we're trying to do. And, and what those goals are. A few years ago, we had um, we had asked our folks to our superintendents to inform and to do a productivity analysis, and then we had a safety stand down, I think, or, or a superintendents meeting. I can't remember which, but at that meeting, we said we're not going to talk a bit more about productivity, and that was in the middle of the season. And part of the reason we said that is because we had a number of of incidents that took place. And one of the guys said, what are you talking about? I just spent all afternoon yesterday talking about productivity. And that indicated to us, well, we've got, you know, we've got some missteps here. We're not creating alignment across all superintendents, all operations with the right vision that we have in terms of how we want, want to operate the company. So I think it's super important for you guys to do that work. And, you know, taking the lead on that to discuss how safety folds into their teaching, what the workforce advancement group teaches, how, how those safety messages get interwoven. And I know those guys are all about that. Oh, yeah, they've done a fantastic job. I know we've had, uh, I think, a uh, few foreman uh, training sessions the past couple months, some craft worker training, um, training for our shop employees at maintenance and fab shop. Um, we got some additional trainings coming up as well that workforce advancement team has done. And, you know, just the coordination between safety and workforce advancement. You know, I know Arthur's been working 
uh, pretty extensively with just coordinating with them just to, again, make sure we're aligned um, and, and focused for our 2022 season. Yeah. So just trying to have one unified message and we don't quite have that all sorted out just yet. Well, I mean, we're working, the message is be safe, but in terms of a theme or, or some unified, what we're going to come out with here, we got time with the workforce advancement people. We got time with the operations managers and then it's going to be okay. Here's, here's the big goal. Here's the big vision for 2022. And, how we can achieve zero accidents. Right. Exactly. And I mean, just a, a highlight, you know, obviously some, some, some of these items need to be finalized and, and detailed out, but after meeting with uh, Kevin Gordon and Kendall um, from workforce advancement earlier this week, you know, we talked about essentially what it comes down to the big overarching goal is kind of, is what we've been harping on. It's, having expectations and setting those expectations, communicating them to everybody and then holding ourselves and everyone else accountable for those expectations. Right. That's pretty important. So the expectations piece, you can't be accountable to a moving expectation. Right. It's, it's it's a lot of the times I'll call it black and white. That expectation needs to be black and white. Now, what I will say, um, and there may be some safety specialists, managers, professionals out there that may be turning over, you know, in their chairs right now, but safety is not always black and white. And and that's what we have to try and that's a struggle. I guess we have to try and navigate um, because, you know, you have your OSHA standards and your policies, but there's maybe a certain, you know, task or situation where you're going to have to navigate it and and figure out how to comply with this, you know, the standard and your policy and, and, and make sure it's as safe as possible. So there's yes, we have to have these black and white standards and, and policies, which we do, but it's also navigating numerous situations and um, conditions on the projects as well. And and just, uh, we, we talked about expectations. It's hard to be accountable to an expectation. You can be accountable to a rule. Right. But sometimes we have things that we want done on projects in the shop, in the office, that we want done that aren't necessarily in a rule book. So... An example would be, I want to be able to walk from the front to the back of the Connex box and get whatever tool I want out of that Connex box. So that's an expectation that gets set at the job level. Mm -hmm. And then the accountability to that expectation is easier. If the guy backs his truck up, you know, at 20 miles an hour and slams on the brakes and everything dumps in the Connex box and he takes off, that's not being accountable to that expectation. So the expectation to start out the day, look our our crew, each other, look each other in the eye and say, I'm not going to let you get hurt today. That's an expectation I have of our crew. I, I think it's an expectation that every employee owner at Sargent should have. And, and I, I, I can honestly say I, I feel that we do. I think that there is that expectation. It might not always be communicated, maybe verbally, yeah. but I, I do, th- I, it is communicated in a lot of extent, maybe not as often as it, it can be, um, but I feel that that, is, that expectation is set. To me, when you stand in that circle, though, when you look at every individual's eyes, it, it brings it home in a different way. And, and I want to be accountable to caring enough for that guy, that guy, that girl, that girl 
that I'm going to do or say whatever needs to be done or said to shut down some kind of hazard. Because we've said it before, there's no profitability level or productivity level that is worth subordinating safety to. Right. And and if you're unsure of, you know, if something's not right or what, what have you, the expectation is that, you, you know, you speak up and ask the question, whether it's to your foreman, the superintendent, you, you know, you're calling the safety department, whatever it may be. If you're unsure, ask the question. Use your voice. Good stuff. I so, so I know you've, you've, uh, you are undergoing and potentially going through some changes, some additions, some software changes. And I just didn't know if we could just talk about a couple of those items. Yeah, absolutely. So we've introduced uh, Nixon as uh, our new safety software. That's N-I-X-N. N-I-X-N, which is, a, a, I guess you call it a division um, or the safety software from Mac Safety, which is they have a whole third party safety as their company, but this is their software that they, um, and they have a, a multiple clients, uh, in addition to us. And this software streams streamlines the process for our safety task analysis and the JHAs for all of our foremen and, and maintenance mechanics, uh, welders, etc., to complete, um, in the field and, and have that sent to the supervisor. And, um, we're also, you know, working on some additions, to the safety department, we're working on uh, hiring a safety specialist for New Hampshire and Southern Maine, uh, where we can, you know, so someone that's going to help Arthur and I out um, as far as ha- having that presence and building those relationships and making a difference out in the field. Yeah, well, I know Arthur spent a lot of time down in Southern Maine and New Hampshire. A good portion. Yeah. And, and it. Uh, and we've been a lot of work going all the way from Eastport to, you know, to Roxbury wind and caribou. I mean, there's a lot of country out there to get covered. So uh, that's an investment that, that we're putting into, into the safety department of the company. Now you've got some resumes. We're in the process of, of going through the resumes and, and interviews. So we're hoping by, you know, by mid March, first of April, by the latest, we've got somebody on board. Yeah. Th- that's the goal um, to have somebody on board by, you know, just before the start of the season, um, kind of get them onboarded, um, et cetera, and, you know, hit the ground running for this season. Um, we also are looking into, I think, for the first time at Sargent, not necessarily from an intern basis, but from a safety intern basis at Sargent, uh, we're going to be looking at two interns, uh, one from Maine and New Hampshire, uh, as well as one for the Mid-Atlantic region. So hopefully... Uh, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be awesome. And I am... so. Next week, I'm heading down to Keene State uh, to, for, to their safety career and intern fair. Hopefully, we'll get some good candidates, uh, maybe f- you know for that safety specialist position, looking at the intern positions as well. Um, and and again, hopefully, we can get some get some help and and have more of a presence out in the field. Because um, again, I, I feel you know having that presence is where you make the difference in building relationships and having a positive influence on, on, on your company's safety culture. So it's, it's us, it, I'll say it's me, it's me, Eric Tasha, saying we want you to be safe out there. We're putting more resources to that. Exactly. And I know you, you folks believe that you're not policemen out there in the world, uh, although unfortunately sometimes it may turn into that, but you're really more of a resource to, to make sure people don't, 
get in hazardous situations to begin with. We plan ahead of them. Exactly. So I was going to ask you about your big mission for 2022, but we kind of, we're still working on that, right? Yeah. Like I said, there, some of the details of it need to be, uh, I guess you call say hashed out. Um, but again, it, it ties into those, the big mission is really having expectations, communicating those expectations and, and holding each other accountable according to those expectations. And, and just having a, having a positive influence on sergeant's safety culture i'm looking forward to it i sure hope so i'm, I'm looking forward to a strong year and a uh, a year that we have great success in keeping our people and equipment and property safe well just tailing off on that before we move on to i think our shout outs but it's it's not necessarily us in this room right it's not you and i herb it's not operations it, it the people out in the field, in the shops, the ones that are doing the work are the ones who are keeping us safe. Correct. And we thank them for that. Sure do. They deserve a hand. I think it's shout-out time. It sure is. Why don't you get us started? I sure can do that. Adam Teenan has a shout-out. To Glenn Adams, I know he is very busy with his new business development position, but he is always continuing to handle the project management needs for both Back Cove West and Back Cove South. Glenn is also assisting Alex Hardy with his transition into his new role of project executive. I admire how he is able to manage his time and take care of all our needs. Also, great job on the podcast last week. Oh, we got a shout out for his, for his appearance on the podcast. Great. Also from Adam Teenan, I'd like to give a shout-out to the Shoring and Box Conduit crews at Bag Cove West. They've worked through some brutal weather in January with frigid cold temperatures and several snowstorms. These conditions would typically bring a job to a halt, but they've been able to maintain production, and I see some real opportunity to gain momentum once the winter weather breaks. Joe Frazier and Steve Randall have been great managers and leaders. Awesome effort by all. Much appreciated. I just want to echo that from Adam. The crew down there is, is doing a phenomenal job with all of the different challenges down there. And, and I know I made a couple project visits over the past couple of weeks when it, during those cold, uh, that cold weather. And I actually, I was like, Joe, I don't know how you guys do it. You guys are amazing. They <laughs> I've, are. I've been out here five minutes and I'm, you know, shaking in my boots. Cause well, the cold. difference is they get ready for it. I mean, they're wearing all the right clothes and all that stuff, but it's, it's still not easy. No, it is not easy. Still not easy. All right, our next shout-out is from Mark Wright. I would like to thank Andrew Faulkner for being on the job at 5.30 in the morning and fixing our bulldozer. You hear a lot of good things about Andrew. He's all right. Yeah. Richard Russell, love the podcast, earned my private pilot's license at Norwalk Airport. I think maybe he mentioned that because Herb built that airport. And I think I got that in the, uh, in the history. I'll be back shortly to fuel my brothers and sisters. Enjoy the HKK combo, Herb. Kendall, Kevin, and Pete. So it'd be HKKP. Thank you for what you guys and gals do. We rock my privilege. That's a good one. Yeah. So we have another one from Rich Russell. Shout out to my work family. So look forward to seeing and succeeding alongside each other and every one of you. We rock. We rock. Everybody rocks to him. And that, uh, so congratulations also on the private pilot's license. Yeah, congratulations. RJ, that's a big deal. I had mine for a while and. I decided to not do it anymore. 
too much other stuff going on. It it takes it takes a lot of attention. Well, I mean, it is a pilot's license. That it is. Tim LePage, great job by all the sergeant crews and hired trucks for working this past weekend on the 395 Brewer Project. Posted roads have forced our hands, and we need temperatures that are below freezing. I guess he wouldn't be too happy today since it's 60 degrees out today on February 23rd. Thanks needs to go out to everyone involved, and they ran into a few wrinkles there as they're trying to get a pretty substantial amount of sand on that job so we can get started in, in the spring early. And the road postings came out. Uh, and it, it was like, you know, every municipal office in the region was against us. But uh, they, they've done well. They decided to work nights and weekends to try to get the material so we can get that job on the right spring point. Awesome. Our next shout-out is from John Netto. I would like to give a shout-out to Artie Morin, Garrett Grass, and Nick Netto. They have all been extremely versatile on the Dedham Solar Project, and despite setbacks by others, our crew has continued to stay positive and productive. Good job, guys. Yeah, that's a good shout-out. And they've, they have had challenges between ledge and weather and everybody else's uh, good work. Chris Lynch, a shout-out to Dave Scott. The general contractor at Louisiana Pacific asked us back to the site for some extra work. It seems everything we excavate becomes more challenging and difficult. And Dave does a great job on the controls, no matter what the equipment is. Great to have him behind the windshield. That's a good one. You've got a couple here that... So I have a few shout-outs. The first one to Arthur Herbis for coordinating and scheduling the safety trainings for this off-season. We wouldn't have the continuous improvement without the training you are scheduling. Good one. The next one I have is for workforce advancement and their training efforts with our foremen and craft workers this off season. I was lucky enough to attend a few sessions and they had some outstanding topics and info. The efforts of the workforce advancement team are helping shape our future sergeants. The next one is to Justin Embry for helping maintain safety and health for a sergeant in the mid Atlantic. We've, we've got a few challenging projects down there in that region and uh, he's keeping the crews on track. And then the last one I have is a shout-out to all the field staff for slowing down and continuing to do the right thing. Great shout-outs. And now... Johnny Guitar Watson. It's time for The Price is Right. Okay, Price is Right this week was the miles and gallons of fuel for our Cat 988 loader. It's in the Plymouth Quarry. Uh, Been in there close to two seasons. And uh, Ben dialed it back some. He was way over last week. So he dialed it back some on both gallons and miles. Uh, Bonnie McPherson guessed on, on both. And... She is uh, over on both. Let's see. On the gallons, Scott McDonald guessed 24,948 gallons. Tom Bowie guessed 28,800 gallons. The actual number is... 
27,900 gallons. So the winner is Scott McDonald. Congrats, Scott. Congrats, Scott. Uh, moving on to the miles of this beast over in Plymouth. We had guesses that ranged from 5,321 miles all the way up to 40,000 miles. The actual miles, let's see, we had Randall King at 7,056, Tom Bowie at 17,720, Tim LePage, 12,346, And Ken Thurlow at 8,168.4 miles. The actual miles are 8,549 miles. So Ken Thurlow is the closest without going over. So we want to give these guys an applause for a $50 gift certificate. You'll have to let Kim Ryan know if you want a company store $50 credit or a credit card credit. Great choices. Next week, we're going to do the same thing one more time. But this time, we're going to do the miles and gallons on the D6XE. It's the new D6 dozer we bought last summer. And it has 1,258 hours on it. You just bought a house. I did. Congratulations. Thank you. You're all moved in. All moved in. All unpacked. Are you a Mainer now? Well, I... I met with some, I met with somebody last week. They saw my phone number when I called, and they said, "Ha, you must be a transplant." So it's come to my attention that our family's expanded due to the fact that uh, babies are being born to some of our employee owners. So we would like to know about that, and we'd like to to you know have a sh- baby corner here on the shout out. I don't. That's a good idea. With that said, we're wrapped up. This is a podcast. That's a wrap. Let's have zero accidents. Zero accidents.